Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, associate producer and Starista's creative copy manager. The goal of this podcast is a chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ talk to Cameron Jaycox, Vice President of Growth at Lark Health. He explains how Lark's use of conversational AI and connected devices help keep people healthier at home. He also explores his time studying entrepreneurship at Babson College and how it led him toward the world of startups. AJ is glad the weather in Texas is finally cooler for a change, and Vincent explains to Cameron why he likes to be on camera. Give it a listen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time once again coming at you. I'm Vincent Petrofessa, so that must mean it's the Marketing Stir. What's going on? So good to be here. The Marketing Stir brought to you by Starista. I am the Vice President of B2B Products at Starista and the co-host, of course, of the Marketing Stir. But you may already know that because you've been listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, like it. We, our viewership and our listenership, if that's the word, I don't know, has been growing every single week. And we thank you for that. And I also thank this next person for joining me on this journey. Ladies and gentlemen, the CEO of Starista, my co-pilot, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent. I am actually feeling pretty good. I saw the temperature for next week in Texas is going to be in the uh, 60s and 70s. So it's going to be awesome. That's crazy. What is like? It's I think Armageddon is happening in uh, in San Antonio. That's well, ridiculous. I think I think it's just the 2020 theme in general. So, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I know. You guys had a hailstorm at one point where it was like golf balls, uh, everything going around. <laughs> Texas opened up, and then they're like, "No, we're fine. Wait, no, we're not. Let's close up now." And yeah, what a year, 2020. But you know, we're making we're making do. We're making you know do what? with this podcast. Probably wouldn't have happened if it weren't for COVID. So we have that going for us. Exactly. We finally had some time to do it. We've been talking about it. We've been probably talking about doing something like this for 10 years. Back in our younger days of you know combing the conferences, and you know we were wet behind the ears. We didn't know much about the data business. We said, you know, I don't even think podcasts were that popular back then. We're like, we're going to do this one day. Yes, but we did it because we had time. And now we can't stop doing it because the people out there (laughs) are requesting it. They love the podcast. I love doing it. And I love doing it because of the people we have on the podcast. We've have, we have great guests. People are always commenting on our guests And this is no exception. We have a great guest today. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the podcast, Cameron Jaycox, the Vice President of Growth at Lark Health. Cameron, what's going on? Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, thanks for putting together such an awesome and uh, engaging podcast for us marketers. 
I appreciate that, Cameron. We love that. We love having you on here. You know, Lark Health was once, you know, once named top 10 most innovative companies in the world. That was back when, you know, alongside Uber and Airbnb. Heard of those companies? Yeah, we sure have. Love it. And, and I like this angle because, you know, it's kind of the first of its kind that we've had on the podcast that deals with, with health. And we're, we're happy to uh, explore that. Talk to the listeners about Lark Health. Sure. So Lark, uh, Lark Health is the first virtual healthcare uh, delivery platform that actually uses uh, conversational AI uh, combined with connected devices uh, to keep people healthier at home. So people with conditions like diabetes, heart disease, uh, without having to go to the doctor's office can take care of some of those really critical day-to-day uh, things that they have to manage with their condition. And so you know, you can imagine this is especially important right now with COVID-19, um, which has overall seen just an explosion in utilization of health, uh, telehealth and virtual health uh, overall, uh, as folks really try to do what they can without without going into a hospital. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's more important than ever. I remember you know, when my wife and I, we just welcomed our second child, it was really helpful to, you know, not go into some of the, the hospitals at the time. This was back in April, but the telehealth really, you know, that system really helped, you know, even me talking to some of my doctors, it's, it's been something that is happening more and more. So we're, we're glad to hear about that. Talk to me about your role there, Cameron, VP of growth. You've been hearing more and more about this title of growth, right? It's kind of, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's new, it's needed. Love to hear about what you're doing there specifically. Sure. Yeah. So, so I guess for for a lot of the listeners uh, on the on the the marketing side of the house, uh, growth might be a title that they've heard before. Uh, for those who haven't, uh, it, it is a title that's becoming a lot more common at uh, fast growth companies, um, and it really sits at the intersection of uh, marketing and sales, but also product. Um, and so, it encompasses, in most cases, it encompasses, and it does at Lark uh, traditional marketing. Um, but with an emphasis really on the sort of rapid experimentation and multi-channel um, approaches that are, that are so important today. Um, and so I'm really responsible for revenue growth um, within existing clients and then um, channels. So from B2B to B2C and, and beyond that. Um, and then there's also uh, in, in, in growth sort of an element of product experimentation. So um, really taking uh, an A-B testing mindset to product improvements um, and applied machine learning. Great. And what are some of the channels that you are focused on in acquisition of new customers? Yeah, it's a good question. So healthcare is is really unique um, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, so so there's that. But we're also uh, fairly typical in a lot of ways. So par- you can think about partnerships um, being the largest. And uh, in terms of paid, uh, Facebook uh, is, is, is really, really big. Uh, Google is, is huge for us. Um, and then, and then the traditional ones like email, um, and also in healthcare, uh, snail mail. So direct mail, um, just as important. Um, so, so it's pretty broad. And are there certain ways that, uh, w- what Lark is doing is very different from its competitor or what's some of the standout features that Lark has over the competitors? Sure. So from a product perspective, um, Lark is, is, is really unique, um, so it's really the first company that has applied 
conversational AI to uh, to to healthcare um, and actually become medically reimbursed um, as a healthcare provider. Uh, so really bringing scale to a problem um, that has typically required uh, telephonic resources uh, or uh, uh, sort of armies of doctors and nurses um, in, in a really inefficient way. So combining um, uh, conversational AI as well as smart uh, connected devices that are shipped to a member's home and can really keep them on track uh, by monitoring uh, different key health signals. And Cameron, you you know, one of the things I, in, I noticed is you have an extensive past kind of in the startup sphere, right? It, is that just a, a lucky coincidence or is there something especially alluring to you about startups? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, so I, uh, and you're right, I, I actually have always done startups. Um, uh, you know, the biggest company I've ever worked at is is usually the latest the latest company, um, and that's true. That's true at Lark. Um, and actually, so I started my first. I always knew I wanted to do startup. Started my first company. You know, didn't have a, a job after after college. Was uh, intentionally able to actually continue running this this startup. Um, uh, you know, went through the venture grind and and um, and all of that. And so I've actually been involved in five now, and I just I just love it. I mean, it's definitely not accidental. I think it's uh, I think it's the most important thing you can do um, because you just you have an idea, you see a problem, and you know at, at the beginning it's this great feeling that you don't think anything can get in the way. Um, and it's also really exciting to me to think about the fact that that's really how all economic growth and job creation starts really is, is with, with a startup. So I've, I've always loved it. I've always loved the, the speed of it. Uh, and I've always loved the ability to, to really move fast and, and uh, try to, try to, try to change things. Yeah, no, I like that. I always like, I was at a startup yeah, and, and it's great where you kind of wear different hats. I always like that aspect of it. You're, you're helping in a lot of ways. And even though, you know, Starista is not a startup where, you know, we kind of, that's kind of how we, we do it here. Everyone kind of pitches in and takes on, you know, d- different roles. Uh, I like that. So, you know, what drew you to healthcare? So, so really opportunity um, uh, with Lark uh, drew me to healthcare, uh, you know, three years ago. And I, I just, uh, I was really passionate um, and, and motivated by the CEO and her mission uh, here at Lark. Um, and so I would say that if it weren't for Lark, I, I may, I may not, may not have discovered uh, uh, healthcare. Gotcha. And then were you always interested in entrepreneurship? You went to Babson College, which is well known for its uh, entrepreneurship program. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Um, yeah. So for those who uh, who don't know, Bab- Babson is um, uh, uh, not not that well known outside of that community, but, but very well known within it as the number one school for entrepreneurship for almost... Uh, can't remember. I think it's been 20 or 30 years now. Um, and you've got <clears throat> uh, really great folks coming out of there, great founders, CEO of Ford, I think right now, founders of Home Depot. Um, and so it was a really, really fun place to study business. Um, uh, and then even within Babson, I was part of a, almost like an entrepreneurial frat where it's a, a live and learn community called eTower. And it, it's um, it, it's really, you know, the expectation is that you'll, you'll do something during college that starts to generate revenue. So you're actually starting a company. Um, so Babson, yeah, Babson was really cool. And, and uh, I would, I would highly recommend it to anyone. It's, it's just a great, very, very unique education. 
Yeah, no, it's, uh, I've had a couple of friends go there. So it definitely sounds like a very different experience than a traditional uh, four-year program. Right. And then, you know, what do you see changing for for your company? And uh, I, I would think, unlike most verticals, uh, for you guys, it's probably not, COVID has probably not been a bad thing. It may have even lead, led to boost in business, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it has. I mean, right now, um, our clients, uh, you know, the demand has, has improved or increased on both fronts, on the consumer side and the B2B side. And our clients who are um, health plans are typically, um, uh, don't typically move as fast as, as they have had to. Uh, during this period. So the interest in telehealth, virtual health has just exploded. Um, and so I think I think the questions that we, we still have are, you know, how much of the growth in the space will remain, the utilization that's scaled up during COVID into virtual and telehealth um, certainly seems like the cat's out of the box and people aren't going to go back to what they were doing before. Um, and so, you know, our clients at the same time are looking for ways to, to control costs um, in terms of the, some of these these big cost drivers in healthcare, um, like chronic disease. So so yeah, I agree. It's been um, it's a good time to be in healthcare in some ways. Also really challenging, right? We're always our, the responsibility we have is greater than ever um, as folks um, are more at risk, especially those that we are uh, taking care of. Folks, for example, with diabetes have a, a I think it's a two point six x rate of serious complication and death from from COVID. So really important stuff and it really makes you think about you know the impact yeah no absolutely i want to i want to go back a little bit cameron on something you said there so you know you had started your own company you you had mentioned is that directly from uh you know right after babson and was that part of one of the initiatives that you and some of your uh teammates there worked on right yeah, that's a good question we we did so there is actually a year one uh freshman year um program where you you start a, a a company that's funded um it's a it's a small amount but it's funded by the school <clears throat> and uh, uh and you started and then and then you're kind of doing you're learning accounting but you're also doing accounting so it's that learn and do kind of mentality um uh th- that is not uh, actually the company i started was um uh came out of an idea generated during the the, the following summer's internship where i was working in the insurance industry and, and really uh, just just saw it, sort of a gap in in, in that industry, um, and uh, and then and then started to work on that. I think from second or third year on um, uh, of, of college. Got it. You know, and then talk to me about you also had a role at E Tower, and uh, you know, and can you talk to me about that role there and some of the the advice that you would kind of give to young entrepreneurs today? Sure. Yeah, uh, E Tower is really cool. Um, it's a living learning community. So, you know, I think I mentioned earlier, it's, it's kind of like a sorority or fraternity for, for entrepreneurs. Um, but instead of, instead of hazing, you, you, you have to give updates on your startup's progress. So, you know, you have to be showing progress every, every, every month, every quarter, and then there's a cut. So you, you might, <clears throat> you might get kicked out. And um, uh, so people really like it. Some people <clears throat> um, voluntarily opt out, but, but you see real companies being built. You know, I had a friend, um, who was an immigrant, like I, I, which I am as well, actually from Canada. But he was, uh, uh, he he was he he had started, you know, he had two or three million of revenue before leaving college. Um, and so it's a really cool thing. And so I've I've been involved, I've stayed involved with with E Tower. Um, 
in terms of advice, I guess I've seen it. Um, I've seen it from both sides. So, um, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's just, just know that I think the grind, the difficulty is, is really the only way to figure out if this, this crazy idea you have is going to work. Um, and you know, one thing I see that I would say you, you've really got to shake yourself out of is that you can't think about a startup as like a three month experiment or a six month experiment. You've got to be in it because it takes a long time to really figure out whether it's going to work. Um, and, and, and also just make sure you have a framework for figuring that out. So what do you, what do you have to see to decide if there is product market fit, right? Or if there is a future, um, and how do you prove that people will pay for it as fast as possible? Um, what's the fastest way to prove it out? So I think it's, um, it's the most important job people can do. I think is starting companies, right? It's, it's, it's the only reason we have computers or refrigerators or anything else. So, um, it's, uh, it's something that you should really take pride in doing, but I think that, uh, it's also one of the hardest things. Yeah, no, I, I like that advice and, uh, that's, that's pretty cool fraternity, uh, idea, you know, for, you know, I was in Sigma Phi Epsilon. We did not encourage innovation that, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of, a <laughs> little bit of hazing there, nothing bad, but, uh, that's, that's uh, pretty cool there. You know, I, um, you know, I want to, yeah, because also isn't Babson like a great baseball school as well? Did I read that somewhere? Baseball, uh, you know what? I know baseball, basketball. yeah, base, gosh, it's, so I know it's, I mean, we're D3 for everything. Um, yeah. But because I know that, of Babson know. College and it's like, it, you know, it's your color is green, green and gold. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe they've gotten better. I've, I haven't been there in a while, 10 years, so. Uh, yeah, I think they're uh, no. That's what I know. Yeah. See, this is the things that I know, Cameron. You guys are yeah. like, ages like, well, Babson is some of the greatest uh, entrepreneurs come out of there. I'm like, I think you guys have a good sports team. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can tell the dynamic of this show, right? I uh, love it. Right? Um, are you? What are some technologies or uh, products or services that you're that you're excited about that Lark has on the horizon? Um. That's a really good question. So I think that it's really exciting to think about predictive technologies as it relates to health. So for instance, most of our, um, and, and really, so that gets to data science, right? So machine learning and predictive technologies. But, you know, for example, most of our um, programs have a connected uh, uh, cellular weight scale. Um, you can actually, you can actually predict uh, things like early heart failure uh, based on sudden weight gain. Um because of uh, fluid fluid retention, um, and at the same time, I'm really excited about some of the diabetes technologies that we're deploying. Um, things like continuous glucose monitoring, so those can monitor your blood glucose on an ongoing basis and basically um, help you live a, a normal life um, in terms of giving you constant feedback um, on sort of how to keep it in uh, in range in a healthy range. Um, so it's these sort of remote monitoring. It's almost like uh, augmenting the self uh, kind of stuff um, uh, th that really excites me. And then in healthcare, the tough part is getting the business model figured out for a lot of new things because really the government sets the uh, the baseline for reimbursement. So you've really got to get that thing figured out first, and then um, and then go to market. Um, but it's really exciting once you once you hit it because it can get it can get really big really fast. I'm guessing you guys are still working from home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so I actually live in, as I uh, said, in Houston right now. Uh, my my better half is is in medical school, and so I've been remote, uh, spending about a week a month um, uh, at head office in San Francisco, 
Um, but since March, yeah, haven't haven't been back, and, and we've been we've been working really well um, as a team. We've actually uh, added almost 40 people uh, remotely, uh, full full remote hiring, never never meeting, which is which is interesting. Yeah, we're definitely undergoing uh, similar things, and uh, it's actually going better than I would have ever expected in the uh, right. old old pre-COVID world. Right, I know, you know. So have you guys been doing any uh, fun events, uh, happy hour type stuff? Um, yeah, we've, we've been we've been doing. Yeah, we, we, we've we've uh, we've tried to keep some of the um, uh, some, uh, we've tried to keep actually as many of the uh, rituals alive as we can, um, with the exception of our, our usual September is, is usually a big um, uh, a big whole theme offsite. So we get 100 plus people off and like a, you know, some sort of ranch or farm and have, you know, a three day, uh, strategy session, but none of that, but we are doing, we've done a couple of, um, like open mics. There's a lot of talent, uh, hidden talent on the team. Um, we've done some, yeah, some happy hour type stuff. Um, virtual lunches are really common. Um, so just finding all those different touch points and ways to stay connected. And do you kind of, since you've been working from home a little bit longer than most people, What's kind of a couple of tips or advice you have for listeners that uh, helps you stay focused and uh, keep keep working remotely? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it sounds funny, and I don't know if it's if it if it's this case for everyone, but I, I find that I've I've got to get up and put on a button up and and shower and comb my hair just like I was going out. Um, so you know, I, I, I uh, you know I think I think acting normal. Um, don't work on the couch, you know, have a, have a, you know, you know, an office and you can't have an office, you know, at least have some space set aside. Um, those things are really important. And, and then distractions. Um, I, I have found that, um, it's that, that, um, uh, I've needed to get out a little bit. So we've done some co-working, we've done some, some city-based co-working where we have, um, uh, uh, sort of centers of people in different cities and, and had them come together. So, I think there's sort of a happy medium there, um, but uh, yeah, no, 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 no big tricks, no big secrets. Mm. Well, yeah, no, I like. Uh, I, I'm the same way, Cameron. For me, I have to get dressed up. Where you know, I still have to wear a collared shirt. You'll never see me without like a collared shirt. I'm actually coming into the office. You know, a lot of people. Well, uh, I have. We have a, an office here in New York City where it's just me, but there's other people. It's like kind of a shared space, but for, but there's less people here than at my own home. Right. So uh, I, you know, I, I told AJ, I said, like, I just want to go into the office. I have to get out. Uh, that's my mentality. Plus, you know, doing the, you know, talking to clients all the time and doing a podcast and all that in the other room with my son who's three and my other son who's four months. I was like, I gotta get out of here. Like this, uh, you know, this is the best thing for me to do. You know, it's a great time for introverts, right? <clears throat> but um, but you know, I, I have a, I have a close friend who he just, you know, he's he's almost just he's bordering on, you know, unhappiness. I mean, he just thrives on the office banter and and that kind of thing. And so, I think it's a personality thing. I'm 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 really okay either way, um, but some people are are really ready to ready to get back. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, as am I. I mean, as one could imagine, and people who know me, I, I'm definitely an extrovert, and I miss you know every every call I do. I make sure I have my video call on. I always schedule Google Meets, and sometimes if people don't have their camera on, I'm like, I still I'll keep mine on just just right. for the you know just yep. so maybe someone will put their camera on and I can see them. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it sounds yeah. pretty desperate. I know. No, um, no, I yeah. Mm-hmm different personality. It's very, very consistent, right? I mean, we see people, there are people like that, there are people not like that. Yeah, no, exactly. Because uh, for, for Starista, and, and I, I would love to hear about Lark Health, we, you know, a lot of the times, you know, we pride ourselves on, you know, attending conferences and really meeting people and going to meet our, our clients, you know, face to face. I mean, uh, you know, now you're, you know, a lot of the people you're probably talking to is not the end user. You're probably talking to people on the health insurance side, the the, the payers, right? I think that's a popular mm-hmm. term yeah, exactly. in, 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 your, yeah, in your business there. You know, what, what did Lark do prior to this? Did you have conferences that you attended? Talk to me about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, on the B2B side. So on the, 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 on the consumer side, we, you know, we've never actually, um, uh, uh, you know, been able to get in front of folks because there's just, you know, it's hundreds of thousands. It's that kind of scale. On the B2B side, conferences were really um, <clears throat> at the heart of, of what we did uh, pre-COVID. Um, and and I think like a lot of industries, we were really dependent on those for <clears throat> um, for, for sort of the maintenance and, and expansion of the client relationships um, and so on. And so that was an adjustment. Um I think as soon as it became clear that that it was never really going back to normal, we um, we just we just tried our best to adjust. And I think now there's an interesting thing going on where these this this idea of virtual conferences seems silly at first, at least it did to me. Uh, but it's quite effective. Um, and and you know the great thing about being a digital company, you can kind of see the interest being expressed in real time in your website on white papers um, while you're speaking. Um, there still isn't a great way to really, um, network or just have banter, but I think from a pure business perspective, um, being, um, being able to present or speak at a virtual conference has had a a relatively similar impact to, 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 to a real conference. Um, and, and we're seeing the the number of those really pick up, um, which I think is, I think is great. Yeah, that's, you know, for us, uh, I was fortunate enough to speak at a B2B marketing conference back in May, which was supposed to be in person in Chicago and it would have been fun. But yeah, I'm finding that, uh, you know, the virtual conferences do have an impact in, in a lot of ways. I think, Cameron, people could, more people could attend. Right. Whereas like, oh, I can't, you know, it's not in the budget. I can't go out to. Chicago, more people could attend. I think we're, you know, a lot of the guests we're talking to are seeing record numbers on their webinars. I think when AJ and I started this podcast, along with our team here, we were uh, maybe, you know, seven people will listen to it. And just the number of people who are listening to this is, is astonishing to us. We're like, wow, this is pretty cool. And, you know, we have people writing to us and emailing us. We want to be on, we want to be on. It's like, ah, wait a minute. We'll tell you if we want you on or not. <laughs> but it's been, it's been, uh, you know, it's been pretty cool in, in that sense. Um, your role, Cameron, are you kind of, you know, would you, you consider yourself more on the marketing side, the sales side, you know, uh, what side are you more on? And then, uh, you know, how are you working with that other side? Sure. Um, so I'm, 
more on the marketing side, but I also manage demand gen and, and sales development. So um, uh, not not enterprise sales, but uh, but everything that comes before that. Um, and on the marketing side, really um, uh, really owning that consumer uh, side of Lark, uh, really. Uh, dis- distribution and adoption of our product across all of the populations that are eligible for them. Um, so it's it's a pretty good mix of both. And so the, the conference thing has really uh, put a damper on some of the activity, but I think we're we're getting back to a, no- a new normal um, a little bit in terms of virtual and and doing that well, um, which has been which has been nice. What are some of the metrics that you track on kind of a month to month basis? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so we we really focus on um, covered on, on enrollment. So, so growth in our user base. Um, so you could think about it like a Netflix model, um, where, you know, folks are, but in healthcare, it's, it's, it's usually third party payer, right? So, um, so it's, it's a B2B sale. Um, so, so getting what we'll just call coverage for your, your product. Um, and then it's about enrollment into the product. And so there's two things really, it's, it's total coverage. Uh, how many people across the country are eligible for, for Lark, which is really indicative of our B two B sales uh, success, um, and then um, and then how how many of those that are eligible have have enrolled and are now uh, Lark users? Um, so those are those are really our two our two north stars um, on the business side, and then on the clinical side, it's really about outcomes. And so, what percent of folks are getting their blood sugar under control? What percent of folks are getting their hypertension under control? Um, and maintaining that control over time. And then what do you see as, uh, you know, what, what what do you think is going to change in the space? Obviously, we're expecting growth, but is there any tech-related stuff that you guys are working on that uh, you can share that, that's going to be different than what, what you have today? Yeah, so, so we're really at a point where um, we've spent the last, uh, and I've been here three years, but, but we've spent the last uh, seven or eight years um, building out and training uh, conversational AI modeling, and so it's we're really at the point of, of scaling up. Um, how, do, how over a million people have um, uh, enrolled in the program or one of our programs, um, and so really right now it's all about scaling up um, and building the tech to support that. Um, so we're in that uh, product market fit uh, rapid expansion phase, which is I think just as exciting. And are there particular marketing or sales tools that you're big fans of that uh, other marketing and sales departments can use? Yeah, there, there's a lot of tools. Um, I uh, I love <laughs> I love tools. Um, you can be overtooled, of course, but uh, uh, in healthcare, you've you've got to use. There's a smaller um, there's a smaller group of tools you can use because they have to be uh, HIPAA and regulatorily compliant, but um, you know, for CRM and outbound communication, um, uh, using Braze, um, which is which is a fantastic tool, um, and uh, I mean, we really find that uh, w- with tools, the challenge is uh, how do we quickly recognize ROI, and then how do we measure ROI, um, and so having the discipline around that. But gosh, I mean, mar- marketing technology as a, as a, as a space has just completely exploded. It's almost like there's too many options now. Yeah, you know, we, uh, you know, with us, we work with, we have our own, you know, CRM and we have tools that work and then companies will, you know, 
and utilize us in some ways where they inject our data in but yeah we're always interested in hearing like what works you know even even if it's uh, oftentimes on the podcast it's like uh they're competitors of ours and we're like oh great if that works that's awesome that's great with you <laughs> keep up the good work you know we kind of just love getting that out there on, on on the podcast so thanks for sharing uh this is where we get a little deep right some of these deeper questions cameron where it's kind of like the past work experiences you know talk to us about that then we you know we we go into some of the personal stuff the fun stuff so don't worry about that um which of your work experiences do you kind of feel play the most pivotal role in your career um that's a good question so um i think that uh leadership experience early on is probably was probably the most impactful thing for my for my career um which was you know at 19 uh having um you know, a venture capital backed startup with 60 employees um, and, and just that ability to fail uh, as a leader and learn at a young age, um, I think has been probably the most important. So that's the beauty of startups. I think large companies um, are great too, because you can kind of see <clears throat> uh, what, uh, what can be done, how things can be uh, in their, in their final state in terms of structure uh, but startups, I think, are better for, for quick learning where you can really figure out what your strengths and weaknesses are um, as, you know, as soon as possible. Well, would that experience, that same experience kind of be like a, a highlight or shining moment for you um, in the last few years? Or is there something else that stands out? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think in the last few years, um, you know, I've been at Lark and, and a, a shining moment there probably um probably has been i think i think when you just going through our first uh uh period of rapid growth um looking back at uh at some of the some of the high level metrics uh and thinking about at one point i was looking at uh you know 100,000 people um through our marketing efforts uh had had used our product for a period of time had lost uh, substantial weight and and uh, gotten their diabetes under control. And to think about a hundred thousand people and how scalable uh, your impact can be, a um, hundred thousand people with our app, with a device in their home, um, that uh, that we were able to impact. Um, so so I think seeing scale is is amazing. I mean, we we have a lot of uh, uh, medical doctors on our team who uh, who help shape the products and. Um, the, whether they're in primary care or otherwise, they get frustrated with the lack of scalability um, in in their uh, work as an MD, um, and so they uh, uh, migrate to technology um, where you can impact lives at scale. And so I think that's really been, been the coolest thing for me. And what do you guys do in terms of retaining all of these new clients that are coming in? Do you have a program that you have set up to keep them engaged? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so there, there's a lot of different answers to that question because at the end of the day, that's sort of the whole product, right? So um, if you have diabetes, um, as an example, you are you're living with this disease. It's not uh, it's not reversible. It's not something you can um, you can get rid of. Uh, and so having a companion um, in the form of our uh, smart devices and our and our mobile app and and then um, coaching. Um, uh, really, it's something that you live with, and hopefully, you don't have to think about it um, every minute of every day. 
but it is something that you that you live with, and so um, I think I think by its nature, it's it's pretty sticky um, and and a really nice experience. Uh, it's kind of you know the way we think about it is. Uh, if if you have a condition like that, uh, 99.9% of the decisions you make and the things you do related to your health uh, don't happen at the doctor's office. Um, you might you might see your doctor once every six months, um, and so how do those things um, uh, impact? And so we're always looking at ways to uh, to drive uh, long-term engagement, but at the same time we realize that people um, may just want to be uh, occasional users, because at the end of the day, who wants to think about their health 24-7? Um, so we, we want to be there in the background, supportive, um, and providing a key role that really makes their lives easier. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. And then, you know, a question we like to ask all of our guests is, uh, what's a message on LinkedIn that gets through to you that you actually uh, respond to? Because I'm sure uh, with a title like growth, uh, you're getting quite a bit of spam in your mailbox. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, it's a lot harder now, honestly. It's just a lot harder to get um, to get my attention, to get anyone's attention, I think, because there's, there's, there's dozens, if not hundreds, of messages coming through a day. Um, and so there's no way for you to actually thoughtfully consider every message. Um, I would say that uh, an immediate call out that, that, clearly says that someone respects my time that they lay out the solution right in the in the intro i think um you know for example a, a subject line that's uh you know quick note about marketing stir yesterday i think um it, I'm, I'm gonna look at it i have an understanding of the topic I, I know that the person's done some research um and it's not a blast email right um and generally speaking if something isn't a blast email you want to read it because you don't know um, you, you don't ultimately know how important or unimportant it's going to be. So I would say personalization, um, relevance, doing background research, and then quickly proving that with either the subject line or the first sentence or two. And are there any, you know, uh, we always like the follow-up to that, but, you know, some of the pet peeves uh, that you don't like about about LinkedIn messaging or even just marketing in general. What are your pet peeves? Or personal pet peeves, if you want to add those into. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't. I won't get into those. Uh, I would. I would just say spam. Um, I would say you know, there's this idea that you've got to create uh, some sort of you know ten cadence touch point. At the end of the day, if somebody doesn't reply to your first email and then the follow up. Um, it's not the right time. So stop. Right. It's like just stop. You know, maybe revisit if you're convinced that you have a great solution for this person, but but don't do that for for several months because um, the timing is off. Don't send, don't put them into a 10, 10 message uh, cadence with a bunch of phone calls and uh, you know it's just uh, it's a great way to make yourself look desperate and get thrown in the spam box. Yeah, I agree. I always hate those emails where it's like, you know, did I do something wrong, Cameron? Oh, like, yeah. Uh, are, yeah. yeah. Uh, are, are you, uh, yeah, or it's like, uh, are you alive? Do you ever get that one where it's like, are you alive? It's like, yeah, oh, I'm wow. alive. I'm just not responding to you. You know, I'm, yeah. uh, oh, the, yeah, the, the, ten, the 10 cadence, that's crazy. Yeah, this idea that, you, that if you just, you know, give someone a, a last chance, they're going to take it because uh, because they're so desperate to use your product. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's really, it's really bad form. Yeah. I always find that if, you know, what I do is, and this is advice I think out there to everyone listening, where 
you know, I, I'm in partnerships and I've been in business development. I've been in sales, right? So, you know, I, I get it. I always say to the person, you know, if you were to reach out to me, Cameron, uh, one or, once or twice, I would say, you know, Cameron, I thank you for your email. Uh, I am not interested. And I know that in sales, the no is better than the ignore or the maybe. And 99.9% of the time I get, thank you. And at least, you know, they, they kind of know. But if I am interested in a product or service, I, I respond. You know, we, we always ask that question of AJ too, because AJ is a CEO and we're, you know, Starista is, you know, we just received uh, some awesome growth capital and we're, we're hiring. And we always love, get, love to get his take on that because AJ gets, you, know, you get like hundreds of, uh, of LinkedIn messages a day. What's your secret, AJ? I always like to bring it up. You mentioned it before. Uh, it's got to you know, be a quick, yeah, quick message. So, so I think in particular, because we raised a lot of capital, yeah, uh, it, it's like instant, right? Because your name gets put, put on right. some database. Some database and, and then they have an automatic trigger and, and it's just, super, it's just way, way too obvious. Yeah, yeah. And then you have, you know, not just like the professional stuff, but... Uh, people reaching out personally, wanting my money as well. So it's a, uh, it it was a little chaotic the first couple of weeks. Uh, it was like I, I'm not sure what to do, uh, but there were a couple of emails I did respond to. One of them came from a young lady uh, in a IT outsourcing company. Never normally would respond to an email like that because we have our own center in India, but this one I did because it was a. Uh, she'd really taken the time to look at my background. She talked about her own, she had read some of the articles I had written about being a first generation immigrant and entrepreneur. And so that that was one that I responded to. And there was another one was a software company that we actually were going to talk to anyway. And since somebody had reached out to us, we (laughs) decided to, I decided to take it from there. But yeah, for most part, uh, you know, for the amount of emails people send, not even like one of them is uh, remotely personalized, which just uh, astounds me. Yeah, those are the ones I like too. When someone kind of, you know, and flattery helps. Oh, yeah. at least oh, in my, uh, <laughs> at least in my world, you know, give yeah, you know. Now I love when people are like, "Hey, I love the marketing stir." You know, "Hey, do you want? Are you interested in my services?" I'm like, "Ah, I appreciate it," but you know. And all so yeah no that's uh, that's good, um, Cameron. Just one more as far as work related. Then I want to get to some personal stuff there and, and understand you know a little bit more about you. But is your you know your organization aligned really well with sales and marketing? Uh, is it an ongoing uh, ongoing solution that you're looking to achieve? Uh, you know we have some organizations that are like oh we're not even close to being aligned. Talk to me about that. Yeah. Um... I, I think I think there's I think there's really good alignment. Um, I think yeah, misalignment I I think happens a lot at least when I've seen it or heard about it with sales overselling um, a product that doesn't exist. Um, uh, or um, and maybe you have some examples, but um, or um, uh, product uh, just not delivering on what the market is uh, is is talking about, and so really. I think we're great at sort of deciphering and being brutally honest with each other about um, 
uh, this isn't just what one client wants. This is where the market is going. And, and, and sales and marketing are the first to hear that uh, from clients, from the market. Um, and so having that, um, and, and we do that in the form of, um, of, of a regular uh, sort of competitive intel and, and direction, like market direction meeting um, where the product team really gets to hear from uh, sales and marketing. Um, so I, I feel like Lark does it well, um, <clears throat> which is uh, something I'm, I'm certainly thankful for. Um, for now, for you know, a lot of marketers and salespeople, the product never moves fast enough, never never does uh, enough uh, fast enough. Because of course, <laughs> of course, that's always true, and it always will be true. Um, but uh, but at the end of the day, I think we're very aligned. And Cameron, switching gears to more on the personal side, so. Uh, you know, you obviously work from home anyway, but you're you have a little bit more time on your hands. So, what have you been up to personally during this time? Have you picked up any new hobbies, any new TV shows? Um, uh, so we, we uh, um, my fiance and I have. She's in medical school, and so she is. We're both just as busy as ever. Um, we we did take an opportunity sort of at the outset um, for, I think, almost a full month um, to just get out of the city and, and uh, you know, sort of live in the countryside, which was really nice. Um, obviously, a lot of changes, uh, a lot of trips canceled, a lot of, a lot of friends' weddings canceled. So we just went out and worked from, uh, from the hill country, closer to you, AJ. Um, and, uh, and so, so that was, that was fantastic. It was a really nice way to get out of the craziness and make the best of it. Um, but no, I don't think we've changed too, too much, um, in terms of, in terms of anything else. How about you guys? You know, I have two little ones, so, uh, my life has changed, uh, quite a lot. I feel a lot more tired at night now. Uh, I didn't, I never thought, uh, <laughs> second grade education would be this exhausting, but, uh, turns out I was wrong. <laughs> Pro- Professor Gupta over there. Yeah. Doing, uh, T- teaching. Yeah. For me, uh, Cameron, I have my, you know, we welcomed a child during, uh, the last four months, a, a second child. Thank you. Yeah. So that's been, uh, yeah. What a time <laughs> to bring in. So we actually living in Manhattan, we had to, at the time, it wasn't the best time to kind of go to the hospitals here. So we had to relocate to my in-laws uh, in Pennsylvania and transfer doctors and hospitals. And, you know, we're back in New York City and it's been great. We're trying to, the restaurants are opened and out, outdoor restaurants. So that's been cool. Uh, you know, I, I wonder, has, has Houston kind of been opening up? There's so many great restaurants in Houston that... I'm not aware. I'm aware of through Anthony Bourdain's show, yeah. No Reservations, yeah. but, you know, sh- shined a light on it. I want to make my way out there uh, when it's 60 degrees, as AJ said, and not, you know, 112 degrees. But, uh, you know, have the restaurants been opened up there? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we never, we never got it like New York City. Um, we opened everything up um, back in May. Um, we didn't shut down again, but I think what we realized was that uh, bars didn't need to be open. And so uh, after we, we saw a bit of a spike, uh, the governor closed the bars and, and they've basically been closed indefinitely. Um, restaurants, though, are, are wide open and, and uh, we've been trying to get out and support all of our favorite places. Um, 
around Houston. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's been, um, it's been, it's been good. And I, I remember that first, first meal back out, um, you know, af- after quarantine, it was, it was quite a feeling. Yeah. You know, it's like the little things like that. You, you realize, uh, Cameron, just, uh, any final thoughts from you, anything you want to, you know, leave us with? I don't think so. No, no. Um, you know, during these tough times, I would just say, go easy on, 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 uh, on everybody around you. You know, we, we, uh, we just need to be a bit, a bit easier on each other. I think down in Texas, we're good at that with our, our neighborly charm. Um, but especially right now, let's just go easy on one another. I, I like that. I see neighborly charm, AJ. Next time I come visit, show me some charm, please. I uh, <laughs> uh, I would love that. That would be great. You know, Cameron, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the Marketing Stir. We really appreciate, you know, your insight, sharing your experiences at a startup, uh, sharing your experiences at Lark Health. Again, that is Cameron Jaycox at Lark Health, the Vice President of Growth. I am Vincent Petrofessa. That's AJ Gupta. This has been The Marketing Stir. Thanks and have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at info at themarketingstir.com. Thanks for listening.